All right, episode 22, Whiskey Throttle Radio. Thank you guys so much for listening. I'm your host, Kurt Lucas. Supercross has started. Yes. On this episode, we'll have friend of the show, Jeff Walker, on to talk a little bit about A1, what he's been up to lately, and his plans for 2019. We'll also have Bradley Leone, you might know him Leonette, Lionette, number 321. On the Yamaha, you saw him in the main event in the 250 class at A1. So he comes on the show, talks about growing up in Zambia, moving over to the States, pursue his supercross and motocross dreams, and you know what his plans are for the rest of the year and his goals. So uh, great show. Uh, huge thanks to Blood Lubricants. Uh, if you need chain lube, air filter cleaner, air filter oil, bike cleaner, motor oil, they got you covered, and they want to help you out. So make sure you use the promo code WHISKEY at bloodlubricants.com. That's B-L-U-D, lubricants.com. And it will get you 25% off. Again, that's promo code WHISKEY. So they want to help out the listeners. Also, huge shout-out to Risk Racing for helping out the show. They got a bunch of innovative products. Check them out at riskracing.com. You know the drill. Follow us on Facebook. Uh, follow us on Instagram. You can find these episodes on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts. We're all over the place. And, uh, yeah, let's go. This episode off is friend of the show, Jeff Walker. What's up, bud? Hey, how's it going, man? Oh, I'm doing good. You know, just living life, ready for another exciting weekend of Supercross, I hope. <laughs> yeah, me too, dude. Uh, I don't even know what to think after A1. Can't even decide who's going to win this weekend. It's crazy. I know. that. Let's, uh, you know, talk about A1. Let's start with that. It was kind of, I was disappointed when I was, you know, watching the weather. I was like, oh, it's going to be a total mud fest. It's going to be... You're not going to be able to hit any of the jumps or anything like that. But for what it was, it actually wasn't too bad. It seemed like, the, you know, they were able to pretty much do everything for the most part. I know at the kind of halfway through the 450 main, it got pretty sloppy, but it wasn't too bad. Yeah, honestly, when I saw the weather radar, I was ready to drive out there. <laughs> I seemed to have some pretty good luck in the mud. Um, but, yeah, I was surprised, too. Um, all, all day we heard that rain was coming in and i was just thinking like man really like it had to happen on the first mm -hmm. you know the first race of the year but um dude honestly it didn't turn out too bad at all i mean like you said towards the end of that 450 main it, it got a little slick but i mean it seemed like everyone was still jumping pretty much everything besides those two big doubles in the middle which i mean i feel like those were even sketchy in the dry so pretty understandable on that but uh they were still getting like the big quad quads in that rhythm before the finish and uh they were hitting all the super cross triples so yeah i think for as bad as the weather was i think it turned out great and uh you know the, the one who benefited the most from it was justin barsha we know he's good in the mud um do you think we're going to see this more from him you know battling for wins or you think it was kind of just uh you know right place the right time the weather was perfect for him or you think he's going to you know be a contender this year 
Man, it, it's so hard to say, honestly. Um, you know, I was just thinking earlier, like, how weird this, this season is compared to all the seasons in the past, you know? Like, pretty much ever since, like, the 80s, or at least as far as I can remember, no one won the championship who wasn't supposed to. You know what I mean? It was like um, there was McGrath and then Carmichael, Stewart, Reed, um, Dungy, obviously, and Villapoto. Like, if you look back over the past, like, 30 years, there's no one who – there's no, like, shocking results. But uh, I feel like this is a year for, like, just chaos pretty much. There's going to be, you know, a different – different people on the podium every weekend, uh, probably a ton of different winners. Like I definitely think Barsha will be up there, but dude, it's just all about a start and, uh, who's gelling with the track that night. Honestly, I mean, just even based off practice, I think it was like what Baggett, Wilson, Brayton, Mookie or something like that. Yeah, it was something, which is just cr- something weird like that. It's just crazy. It's crazy, man. Like I think this is the year for someone to just come out who you would never expect. So, to answer your question, yeah, I think Barsh is definitely going to be up there battling for it. But, um, dude, I think there's going to be a lot of people who you don't expect who are going to be up there just throwing punches and going for wins. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I agree, like, um, how you brought up, you know, it's been, like, Villapoto, Dungy, McGrath, Carmichael, like, guys who are supposed to win races um, that win the championship. And, like, last year was probably, like, the most weird it's been. You know, it's Jason Anderson, but we all knew he could win races, and we all knew he could contend. So... Yeah, I agree. I think it's gonna be a, there's gonna be a lot of a lot of really fast guys. Um, talking about Anderson though, what do you think about that? That was that was kind of weird, right? Watch him just drop back. Um, you know, it's one thing to start in the back and just kind of hang around there in the mud, but he dropped like a rock. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what it is about Anderson, but I just feel like I'm getting a different vibe from him this year. You know, before he was kind of always like the the bad aggressive guy who would just go out and like send it for the W no matter what, and I feel like. Last year, he kind of got in a championship mode where he was able to, like, kind of just chill, let, like, podiums come to him when he couldn't get a win. And, uh, dude, I just feel like he's still in that mindset now, which is, like, I mean, it's kind of good in the fact that he's not going to go out and blow his championship mm-hmm. hopes, but I feel like he's just being way too conservative. Um, like, dude, uh, you, you can't be having a um, – just like a chill, like yeah. I'll accept top fives at this point when it's this early in the season, you know, you got to be up there battling for it and show everyone that, you know, you're going to be up there. So I don't know. It's kind of weird. Like I wasn't expecting that from him, but um, like I said, dude, I think everyone's just ripping this year. You know, if that was his best shot, then I don't know. He's going to have a long season ahead of him. I hope not. Cause he's definitely got a sick style and probably one of the better personalities out there, but yeah, he's definitely got some work to do if he wants to beat those guys. Yeah, and there there was talk too that he might have hurt his arm or his wrist maybe last week or the week before. So, you know, maybe that that's what it was too. And he's just trying to, you know, ride it out until it heals all the way. But it was definitely weird to see. You know, another weird thing to see was at the beginning of that race, you had Wilson and Mookie up front. I mean, we all know they have speed, especially especially Mookie. We've seen heat race Mookie a lot, but it's kind of weird to start the season like that. Yeah, dude. I mean. Uh, on one hand, I agree with you. It is kind of weird to see that, but I think the weirder thing is that I wasn't even surprised to see those two up mm-hmm. there, which is like just kind of going back to what I was saying, like with every other season in the past, you know who like the two or three guys are who are going to be on the box every night and like the two guys who are going to be going for, for the championship. But I mean, 
Dude, there were so many people coming into the season that, I mean, I definitely didn't have a clear person who I thought was going to win A1 or the championship. And, you know, Wilson's been looking great. Um, I feel like the whole social media thing really has him, like, yeah. fired up, I think. Seems like whenever he does the privateer thing, he gets just a ton of support from everyone. And, mm-hmm. dude, it's, it's hugely mental in this sport. So, like, when you have all that support and those people who are just cheering for you, like, that gets you hyped up, honestly. Um and Mookie, too, like, I heard from a lot of people that he was looking like an absolute beast this year, which, obviously, Mookie's always a beast. Um, you don't have to look too far down his bloodline to see that there's some insane talent <laughs> there. So, um, you know, his fitness was always what was killing him before, but um, I think it was, like, Freeze or someone was saying that he was yeah. been doing motos with him, and the, the dude just doesn't get tired anymore. So, that seems like that was always the missing link to his formula. So, I think he's finally got that figured out, and uh Maybe just needs to fix a few slide outs and dude, he's going to be a podium guy. Yeah. This was like Mookie's first like real off season in the 450 class with a team. You know, this is his first time racing a one on a 450. So he's definitely prepared and it showed. And I'm going to take some credit here, Jeff, because I hooked him up with some risk racing, uh, hole shot gates. So if, if he would have <laughs> won, I was going to take all the credit. Dang. Is that the recipe? You need to get me some of those. I want a podium 450 main. Yeah, dude. We'll get it. We'll get you on the YouTube, you know, channel sponsorship, <laughs> and you'll be set. Um, another guy, he looked, you know, the rookies were a big question mark coming in. You had Plessinger, Hill, um, Savachi, and then obviously Osborne, who was hurt. And, you know, watching practice and stuff, Plessinger looked terrible. I know he had a really bad off offseason, um, but I think, the you know, with the wet, when the rain started coming down, it helped him out a lot, and he ended up getting six, which is really good. But out of those three guys, or, you know, we can include Zacco, who do you think is going to do the best, you know, by around 13 or 14, who's going to be putting in the, the more consistent results? Yeah, just uh, touching on Plessinger, like you were just talking about, that dude, as long as I've known him ever since we were amateurs, um, he's he's never been a big practice guy. Like, I wasn't surprised okay. to see him pretty far back in the times and everything. Like, um, we used to ride together a little bit back in, like, 12 and 13, I think, when we were both in the B class, and um, – you know, I could hang with him and even sometimes beat him at like local races and uh, like practice tracks and everything like that. And then we get down to Loretta's and he, he beats me in 450B by like 20 or 30 seconds. And uh, so the dude's just a racer. I mean, I think he just likes to have fun on his bike when it when it doesn't really matter as much. And then when it, the time counts, you know, he absolutely sends it. So I wasn't too surprised by that. Um, the other guys, I don't know, man. I just wasn't, wasn't too, too impressed. I think... Savachi went down in the first corner. Is that right? I think he got, I think, and it might not have been the first corner, but I think there was like a, a big hang up in the second corner where a bunch of guys got cut up. Um, but yeah, he was, I know he was way back early on. Yeah. So, I mean, those guys have all shown flashes of brilliance with like Hill in Tampa last year, passing Tomac and going for Moosecan when he made that little mistake. Um, and obviously, you know, Savachi had that, that outbreak at Monster Cup. So, Really, I think it's just going to come down to, like I said earlier, whoever's feeling it on, on the track and uh, whoever gets a good start. But obviously, those those three dudes all know how to win. Um, so if I had to pick someone, I almost want to put my money on Savachi. He's just a, he's a rock steady guy. He doesn't have um, too big of an ego or anything like coming, coming off the little bikes. Um, he's, and he's obviously got a super great mentor with uh, Tomac. So um i'm i'm gonna say savachi comes out with a win or two this year yeah i think with savachi the biggest thing was like remember like three years ago in the 250 class he was really good and then when they started like you know 
labeling him as a title guy, he, I think the pressure might have got to him. Like he had a lot of pressure to to win. So I think now it's kind of resetting. You know, they had, Kawasaki has Tomac. They just want Savachi to develop and do as good as he can. So I think that's going to help him out a lot too. Yeah, I agree. Like you said, I think the pressure did kind of get to Savachi a little bit um, whenever he had like Zacho chasing him down. Um, obviously, it's hard to recover from something like that Vegas takeout a couple years ago. But like you said, I think now that he doesn't have that pressure on him, I think he's just going to be rock steady, just slowly improving, improving every weekend. Um, so, yeah, for consistency, I'm going to put my money on Savachi. I think um, maybe, maybe Plessinger and Hill have a little more raw speed depending on which Plessinger and Hill comes out, um, especially with Hill. I mean, obviously, the dude can go out and lay down the fastest lap time by like two seconds, or he could be back in 15th, and you, you just never know why. So I think if the, um, if the A1 or like grade A Justin Hill comes to play, I think he could definitely win the race. But, yeah, I think Savachi is just going to be the rock steady rookie of the year. Yeah, yeah, I actually really agree with that too. And I'm I'm interested with Hill this weekend because in Glendale they have some really long rhythm sections. So if he can like pull out a quad like he was doing out in Tampa, you know, that might just give him the confidence to you know run up front. I really think Zach would have been the top guy out of them just because he's older and you know real seasoned. But obviously getting hurt is going to put a damper on that, and he's probably just going to look forward to outdoors. Yeah, I agree with that. I think I think Zach I kind of have my money on him to be the top um, rookie this year and even kind of going for some maybe even a championship hope just because of his dominance in the 250 class the past couple of years but obviously you know the the injury which that doesn't ever seem to slow him down in the past he always comes back just kind of right where he left off um so I don't think that's going to hurt him too too bad um and obviously like you said he's been racing for so long it's not like I mean, yeah, it's a it's a bigger bike, but it's not like he doesn't know how to race. So I think he's going to come back and be just fine. Um, just a matter of how bad that injury is and whether he lets it heal all the way and all that stuff. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing him get back because, I mean, with this insanely stacked field, you know, I won't say no to adding another mm-hmm. uh, contender to it. It would yeah, be pretty sick. For sure. Um, let's touch on 250s real quick. Colt Nichols. I uh, did not see that one coming. I know, you know, you know, you know he's real fast. Uh, but to come out and win the opener, I really didn't see that one coming. Yeah, dude, people have been sleeping on Nichols. Um, you know, there's a reason Star Yamaha keeps signing him every year. And, uh, dude, even in amateurs and everything, he would always, like, battle with Bogle and all the top guys. And I would always ask myself, like, why is it, why doesn't this guy have a factory ride by now? Um, so I think a lot of injuries have been kind of keeping him at bay, um, kind of like Bogle, actually. So I think now he's finally healthy. Um, he got some time on the 450, which I kind of feel like he's, his style is more of a 450 style, um, just really smooth. Um, so I think that maybe helped him out a little bit during the off season to ride that factory Yamaha 450 a little bit. And uh, yeah, dude, I think I think this is going to be a good good year for him. Yeah, it's it's like you said with Osborne. You know, it's always good to get another guy in the mix. I hope he stays healthy because that that has been his biggest problem because we've seen flashes for like three years now, even when he was riding for Cycle Trader. So. I hope he stays healthy. And then, obviously, you have Ferrandis, McRath, Hampshire, and Cincerello. I think they'll all be, you know, swapping spots in that top five. Yeah, dude, I was really, really um, stoked to hear Cincerello's heat race uh, podium interview. Like, he was just kind of talking about how, like, he just feels way more mature yeah. and, like, less frantic this year. Like, he's really calming down. And uh, in the – I mean, he was – saying it but i feel like it didn't really translate to his riding i still feel like he was maybe even more frantic than ever out on the track um 
kind of showed too, like making that uh, mistake in that first rhythm section in the heat, letting a couple people get by him. Obviously, he was able to recover from that and still win. But then in the main, you know, he just, I don't know, almost like Canard-esque, if I had to compare it to anything, like maybe just not making the smartest decisions, trying to go for things a little too hard. Um, obviously, RJ, <laughs> yeah, you know, Florida, we don't need to. Florida on Florida crime right there. <laughs> yeah, I know RJ pretty well just from training with him last year. And when I saw AC go in like that, I was like, oh, dude, you do every, not want to do that. <laughs> I think everyone did. I think everyone saw that one coming. And I have no problem with it. You know, that, you know if you're going to – I would do it. If you're going to run me high, I'm going to run you even higher in the next corner. And if we go down, we go down. Oh, absolutely, dude. I don't even think RJ went in any more – like, I don't think he took him any higher than uh, AC did. I think AC was just cutting back down in that corner because there wasn't any ruts in it, whereas Hampshire was kind of stuck in that rut, so he wasn't, like, cutting down. Um, but, yeah, obviously the, the blood gets a little heated out there when stuff like that happens. I'm honestly insanely surprised Hampshire didn't weed it in the whoops because he was getting yeah. – <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that – but. I think he came in a little more speed than Cincerelli did, but that was just because he was trying to get there, and hey, it happens. It wasn't malicious or anything, so I'm cool with it. No, yeah, I'm cool with it too. I mean, you got to expect that at that type of level, especially when you know you put a block pass on someone, and then, dude, you got to expect they're coming right back in on you. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't think I don't have any problem with it. Um, before we move on, give me your race winners this weekend. Oh man. That's a tough one. I think I think I'm gonna give it up to Tomac. I mean obviously, like I said with Hill, it's hard to tell which Tomac is coming out this weekend and it seems like as of late we're kinda of seeing the bad Tomac almost as much as we're seeing the good Tomac. Um but you know, it's hard to argue with that raw speed. Mm-hmm. Um for my podium, I think I'm going Tomac. I'm gonna put I'm gonna put Cooper Webb up there too. I uh I mean we didn't talk about him yet, but dude, I think I think Cooper Webb is going to be on the top of the box a couple times this year. I don't know if you um, watched him in that, that main at all, but yeah. I think he was down in the first corner, came back all the way up to like fourth or fifth. Fifth, yeah. That's that the fastest lap of the race on like the second to last lap when it was super muddy. And uh, at one point when I saw him working his way up through the pack, I saw one lap he was 26 seconds behind Barsha, and the next lap he was 18 seconds behind him. So, I mean – I don't know if everyone was just playing it too safe in the mud and he was sending it or if he's really on that next level, but dude, I'm almost going to go with, uh, almost going to go with Webb on the podium next weekend. I have a and, uh, two fifties. Go ahead. All right, go on. You're good. Go ahead. Oh yeah. Two fifties. Um, man, I'm going to put AC on top. I think he's going to be fired up after that takeout. Um, especially he was by far the fastest dude that night. Um, just, just made some little mistakes. So I think he's going to regroup from that. Mitch Payton might, slap him up a little bit and get his head back in it. And, uh, yeah, I'm going to go with AC. I have a big question mark next to Webb just because we've seen him do really well in, like, the muddy, ruddy conditions in the past. So I want to put a hold on it till this weekend. But, yeah, I could definitely see it. He was sending those huge doubles in the mud. I don't know. In traffic. I don't know how he was doing it. Um, but for my, my race winners, I'm going to go Tomac because he's always really good at Glendale, I feel like. Um he never has a good A1, so I, I see him winning. Just being, I see him being dominant. Um, and then 250s, I'm going to go McElrath. Just, I, I feel like he's been good at Glendale in the past. I don't know if that's just me, but I don't know. I'm a big Shane McElrath fan. He's from North Carolina. I live up here now, so I kind of got to root for the hometown guy. 
Oh, yeah, I'm a big McElrath fan. Just uh, the whole way he went through his career, like coming up pretty much as a nobody and then just coming out and absolutely killing it in the in the pros um, is really sick. So I'm a big McElrath fan, fan, and obviously the past two years he's been so close to that championship. So that's definitely a solid pick. I wouldn't be surprised to see that at all. Yeah, any of those five guys, uh, you know, Nichols, Fernandez, McElrath, Hampshire, and AC, if they won it would not surprise me at all. Yeah, dude, that's exactly what I was saying like earlier. I mean, I was talking about the 450 class, but it's true about the 250 class too. It's just so hard to so hard to pick someone. You know, they're all they're all right there. So, yeah, it's, it's definitely going to be interesting. Uh, hey, today when I was when I was driving home, I just realized we we didn't have you on after your 11th place moto at Ironman. Take us through that day. That was freaking cool. <laughs> yeah, dude, that was a wild day. Um it, it the whole weekend was just weird because um, I drove back down to Florida that week and started classes for the fall semester. Um, so I had to skip like one or Thursday and Friday classes to fly home for that race. Um, so my professors were pretty pumped on that, missing the first day of class. <laughs> but so yeah, that just that just started all off pretty weird. And um, we get there, obviously the track was looking pretty good for um, press day. I got, I got to ride a little bit out there because I'm kind of local to Indiana. I think it was only like three hours from my house. So that was pretty cool. Um, but then, yeah, we showed up at the track early Saturday morning, just just insane storms. You know, we were just sitting there in my dad's truck kind of looking at each other, and he was like, all right, dude, I honestly would not blame you if you just don't want to even race. <laughs> and, I mean – I'd be lying if the thought didn't cross my mind um, just because of how gnarly it was. But I was like, dude, I flew all the way home from Florida. Like, this is the last one of the year. Got to just go send it. And uh, needless to say, very, very stoked that I decided to race because the weekend honestly could not have went better. Um, Definitely got lucky being in that B group, not going to lie. But, I mean, I qualified for every other round, so I have no doubts I would have made it in. But, yeah, um, yeah, I, I, I feel like... I mean, I, obviously qualifying fifth was pretty sick, being in the mud and everything, but I knew that I had some help from the weather and everything, and I was just thinking to myself, all right, just make it through these motos, survive, and just end the season on a good note. And um, I kind of surprised myself. Like, I came around, didn't didn't really get a good start. I think I was probably in mid-20s or something like that. And uh, just every lap I came around, my dad was putting a lower number on the board. And uh, he was putting, like, 27, 23, 21, 18, 15, 13. And I was just like, dude, there's no way that this can be true. Like, I don't know how this is happening right now. And then with two laps to go or something like that, he put 11 on the board. And I was like, holy crap, dude, this is insane. And like, I don't think I had been laughed yet. And uh, dude, it was just a good weekend. Like when I got off the track, I just couldn't even believe it. I was like revving my bike. Like I just won the championship. Honestly, people were pretty stoked on it. (laughs) But uh, yeah, dude, I, I, pretty much held that smile all the way for the next couple months. Um, just super, super stoked on that weekend. I'm still just like getting a high off of just yeah. thinking about it. So definitely a great way to end the season. And uh, hopefully we can carry some of that into next season. Yeah, I was, I was out in Colorado. Um, we're at, we just got there, drove across the whole country, went out there. And uh, we're, me and my dad were watching it. And I, I kept seeing Walker. It was getting a lower number, lower number, and lower number. I was like, oh, he's going to get in that top 10. He's going to get in that top 10. Uh, I was stoked, and I was like, oh, dude, he's going to get a national number and keep it up for the second moto, but uh, what happened with that second moto didn't didn't uh, pan out? 
Yeah, dude, I, I actually went down pretty good, and uh, I've had I've had a bunch of knee reconstructions, like ACL and a lot of um, meniscus injuries on my left knee, and I went down and just twisted it really bad and uh, popped pretty good, and I just, like, for a split second, I, I thought for sure my ACL was gone, oh. so... Um, it's just hard to, it's just hard for me to know because I've done it so many times that like whenever it pops, I'm just like, dude, you need to chill. So mm-hmm. went back to the pits and just kind of called it a day there. My knee was swelling up pretty good. So I didn't want to risk anything, but in hindsight, really wish I would have just slogged it out and went for it because like you said, I think I only needed like an 18th or something to get a national number. So, you know, in hindsight, pretty upset about it, but you know, it just gives us a target to go for next year. Yeah, you know, you never know with the mud like that. You could adapt it a couple more times and, and really messed it up or something or went down a different time and got hurt. So everything happens for a reason. That 11th place was awesome. So <laughs> good on that. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Uh, definitely, definitely so high off of that one. Yeah, that, that was so sick. Um, so a couple of months ago, you started up a YouTube channel, had some sweet videos on there, and now you're getting some – uh, real traction going, a lot of views. Uh, talk about that. What made you want to start that going? Yeah, honestly, um, my well, Indiana was actually my birthday weekend, and I got the new GoPro Hero 7 for uh, my birthday, mm-hmm. just just for my own enjoyment. I just wanted to get some, uh, some helmet cams so that maybe I could integrate it into my training, kind of watch them back and see where I could go faster or slower. And uh, I just had a particularly good day out at uh, Florida Tracks and Trails down here, and I was like, you know, I'll just make a YouTube channel and throw it up there and just, just so I have it and I don't have to save it onto my hard drive or whatever. So I can free up some space and I can go back and watch it, whatever I want. And, uh, so I uploaded it, didn't really think too much about it. And then like a couple of days later I looked and it was at like 10,000 views or something like that. And there's a ton of comments of people just saying like, we need more, we need more. You need to keep uploading, dude. And I was like, all right, why not? So next time I went to the track, I brought the GoPro, uploaded a couple more helmet cams, and it was just taking off like crazy. So, um, yeah, then when I got the new uh, Works Edition 450, I kind of felt like that was the perfect time to do a little bit of commentary, kind of do like a little bit of a review on that. And uh, that that blew up too, and people were just saying like they, they just needed more. So <laughs> that's what kind of started it, and uh, definitely did not expect it to just blow up like it has. Um you know, I was, I was thinking like a couple hundred followers or subscribers or whatever, that would be pretty cool. And then all of a sudden I was at like a thousand, two thousand, five thousand. And then now I think we're almost like getting up to 12,000 or something like that. And uh, a couple of the videos are hitting like a hundred thousand views, which is just insane. Like I never expected anything like that. So definitely pretty sick. And uh, it's a cool way to just like kind of, kind of make a little money on the side to help, you know, fund the the efforts this season so as long as i can just have some fun doing it and uh you know make it worth make it worth it and uh just help out some people with like technique tips and everything like that and just basically give people an outlet to mm-hmm. to feel like they're riding even if it's snowing where they're at so i think it's uh pretty cool and definitely i've been enjoying it so as long as it keeps doing well and people still like to watch it um yeah i'll just keep going and see where it goes yeah and you even you even went out and bought a 125 just for some videos. <laughs> yeah, dude. Well, I mean, I, I rode my buddy's 125 and GoPro it, and that's the video that hit like 100,000 views in like a couple weeks. So I was like, I mean, dude, the, the people want to see a 125. I got to get me one. So, <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty tall for it, but, I mean, it doesn't have to be fast, right? People just want to hear that 125 yeah. singing. Yeah, if I ever ride a 125, 
you know, next time I'm just going to keep it in like first or second gear and just hold it wide open. Um, I'm very surprised Sprayberry let you ride his brand new YZ125, though. Dude, I mean, I, I sent a message out to a couple people and just expecting to like find a beater 125 that didn't really matter if I blew up. And yeah, Chris Sprayberry reached out and he's like, oh yeah, dude, you can ride my brand new 2019. I was like, I don't think you really want to let me do that. Honestly, <laughs> that's not a good move. I just, but, uh, I just, yeah, so I was kind of nervous. I was going to blow that thing up. Yeah. I just picture Shane, like letting you go on it. And then as you ride away, he's just like, what did I just do? As you're going around tracks, <laughs> going around doing laps. I was like, oh, um, I also saw in your video, yeah. Jeff, I had to ask you about this lazy Springs as rough as Glen Helen national. Dude, honestly, no joke. It is. I wish you could come down here and see it right now. Um, I think they had, they had a race out there like the weekend before I went and they didn't touch it for the next like two weeks or something like that. And I got out there, dude, it's a super cross whoop section, the entire track. It's insane. <laughs> it was gnarly when I was out there. So it's probably just gets worse and worse. And I'm sure, you know, during the week and stuff, when all those mud fest people are out there on their quads and stuff, they're probably out there. You, I've seen them out in the motocross track, no helmets on or anything, you know, just tearing it up too. So I'm sure that doesn't help. Oh, yeah, dude. I mean, it for sure gets sketchy out there with the good old boys on their utility quads and stuff. But, you know, it's a good time as long as you get there early enough before those dudes show up. But seriously, talk about endurance training, man. That place will kick your butt so fast. Like, I think I did like an eight-minute moto, and I was borderline wheezing when I got off yeah. the track. Just barely even talk. <laughs> so probably some good Southwick training. It's hard to see on the GoPro. Yeah, it's hard to see on the GoPro that new, like, stabilization on the new uh, Hero 7 is, like, insane. Yeah. And people are like, dude, it's not even that rough. But I'm like, okay, come out here, please. Yeah. <laughs> Especially, like, if it doesn't rain for a while, ugh, it's gnarly. Yeah, that place is just raw, dude. Like, I wish more – I mean, I don't know. I don't wish more places wouldn't groom, but at the same time, I kind of wish they wouldn't because it's honestly sick going out there and just having a beat-to-crap track. Yeah, I feel like it depends on the place, too. Like, it's so sandy that it's not, like, the faces don't get too chewed up with, like, kickers and stuff as much as, you know, like, as, I feel like at 74, if you didn't, like, clean up the faces or anything, they'd be, get all cupped out and people get hurt more. Yeah, for sure. It's definitely, you know, you're not, no matter how gnarly the jumps get, they're so small, you're not going to hurt yourself at lazy. But, yeah, I mean, a place like 74 where a ton of people come out, mm -hmm. definitely got to keep those groomed. But, yeah, I wish I... I wish I had more like local private places that I could go out and just shred um, that were gnarly, but it's all good. You uh, you mentioned race in 2019. What do you got planned for this year? Yeah, um, no Supercross, unfortunately. Um, my school schedule is just too crazy. I can't can't really afford to be traveling all around. Um, so unfortunately, no Supercross. Possibly we're, we're toying with the idea of doing Daytona just because it's close and it's kind of more of an outdoor. So um, toying with the idea of that. But, but yeah, I mean, last year, the, the closest place to me was RJ Hampshire's house. And um, it was sweet that he let me come out and ride with him. Um, but even that was three hours away. And now that he's out on the West Coast, I really have nowhere to ride. So it just doesn't really make sense. But um, for outdoors, going to just plan on killing it the next couple months and just hitting the outdoors hard. Um, hopefully going to do pretty much all the rounds, maybe skip like Washougal again, just cause that one's kind of weird and just out of the blue, but um, yeah, going to try and make, make the most of it again. Um, just try and improve over what we did last, last year. And uh, yeah, just do the best we can with what we have. So. I think yeah. you should just show up to the Baker's factory and tell them to let you train. <laughs> 
Yeah, well, maybe if I get like a couple more uh, subscribers on YouTube, yeah. maybe I'll have a little bit of leverage. So, and be like, hey, man, I'll come like shoot a video. <laughs> like, dude, I got 11th at Iron Man. I got a thousand subscribers on YouTube. I'm like more famous than Ken Roxon. Just let me, just let me train, bro. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that much, but uh, I do. I do have a couple contacts that might be able to get me out there. But I mean, even even just going up there on the weekend is yeah, like three hours or something for me. So. Dude, it's crazy with like school, and then I'm prepping to take the MCAT this spring, so doing a lot of studying for that. And this is my senior year, so I'm doing senior research. Um, it's just a crazy, crazy semester for me. So just gonna, you know, put the work, put as much work in as I can between all that going on, and uh, just hope that it's enough when the season comes around. Be sweet to be able to train as much as those guys, but yeah. I feel like we're doing all right. I think it'd be better off uh, in a couple years with a, a nice degree under your belt from you know the Florida Golf Coast University. <laughs> yeah, either that or just have a sick YouTube channel. You yeah, know? Dude, that, you probably that just live off possibility. that. <laughs> uh, so dude, I mean, go ahead. What's that? No, go ahead. I was asking four fifty or two fifty. Uh, I think we're going two fifty again. You know, um, it worked out really well last year. Had a lot of success in it, and I feel like. Um, to get any sort of ride, that's where you have to be. Um, I mean, all you have to do is look at people like Wilson and, and guys like that in the 450 class who are just absolute beasts, and they're they're doing it out of their own pocket. So I think the 250 class is where you got to be if you're trying to make any sort of thing happen um, on your own. And uh kind of sucks that I'm so tall, but we'll have championship power sports build another rocket for me. And, um, yeah, I think, I think this year will be a lot more prepped. Uh, last year, I kind of tried to do that supercross and got hurt and was off the bike for quite a bit of time before the nationals. So, just really never felt like I had the fitness um, or just didn't really feel like I was comfortable enough on the bike or anything like that. So, fingers crossed, we can just make the most out of this off season and come out swinging in the 250 class again. Maybe, maybe find ourselves on kind of a satellite ride and just go from there. Yeah, definitely uh, be really cool. Um, like you said too, I think there's. A a lot of smaller teams on TV that could help you out too, uh, especially, you know, putting in all this work in the off season and get some good results. in. yeah, yeah. That's the thing. There's just a lot of, um, a lot of like secondhand teams that are just putting in a lot of work and picking up a lot of guys who are right on the bubble that just need that, that extra bit of equipment and extra bit of um, ease, you know, driving to all these races, like driving out to California really takes it out of me. So um, if I could just get someone to haul the bikes around, um, that would just be huge. So hopefully we can find out something like that. If not, you know, we'll just motivate it again. <laughs> what about that, uh, the Teddy Parks thing? Have you looked into that? Yeah, I've looked into that a little bit. Um, honestly, it sounds like a pretty good deal. So we've been kind of talking to them a little bit. Um, so that's a possibility for sure. And I know a couple of guys who have done that and they said it was a really great gig. So possibly see my bike under that tent um but yeah i definitely haven't hashed out any plans yet i got you awesome well hey jeff thank you for your time and good luck this off season we'll we'll see you out there yeah no problem man always love coming on the show whenever you uh whenever you're bored and need someone to fill a spot you know you know my number so all right man sounds good uh, yeah. you enjoy the rest of your night thanks man you too see ya <laughs> talk to you guys about oil and not just any oil i'm talking about blood lubricants blood is a manufacturer of advanced technology synthetic lubricants for the racing industry 
Jeff Green has been producing high-quality synthetic lubricants since 1983 and is constantly pushing the bar for high-quality oil. Blood sponsors top privateers like Henry Miller and Tyler Bowers and offers sponsorship programs from the amateur level all the way to the pros. Racing is in their blood. Whether you're ripping up the motocross track, hitting the hills on a side-by-side, or cruising back roads on your street bike, Blood Lubricants has you covered with their 100% synthetic oil, specifically engineered for high-performance machines and their superior anti-wear technology that optimizes wet clutch performance and keeps your engine clean and reduces varnish. Make sure to check out their website, bloodlubricants.com. That's B-L-U-D, lubricants.com, or buyblood.com, B-U-Y-B-L-U-D.com. All products have a 100% guarantee, and be sure to use the promo code WHISKEY to receive the 25% off all products. Again, that's the promo code WHISKEY for 25% off all products. All right, back to the show. All right, on the line with me right now, uh, number 321 on the Yamaha. You saw him out there at A1 in the 250 class. It's Bradley Lyonnais. What's up, man? How's it going? Uh, it's going awesome. Just uh, putting in another solid week of training and getting ready for Phoenix. Yeah, man. Uh, 18th at A1. Um, got that LCQ win as well. Pretty good way to start the season, huh? Uh, yeah, that LCQ win was uh, great. It uh, gave me a lot of confidence and uh, something great to start the season off with. The uh, the main event was pretty much a uh, a survival with the rain and the mud. It was uh, just try to stay on two wheels and get through it, score some points, and uh, start off the new season well. Yeah, how uh, how was that track? Because from TV, I mean, it, it looked muddy, but it didn't look like it was super deep. It was looked a little uh, slippery more than muddy, but uh, how was it down there? Yeah, yeah, it wasn't deep at all. It was just a very, very slippery, um, especially coming out of ruts where there's a little bit of a slick surface. Um, but yeah, it 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 wasn't too bad towards the, towards the start, but uh, about halfway, the rain really started coming down, and the, then it got it got really sketchy. There was a lot of moments where it would just bite you, just slide out. Mm-hmm. But uh, not not the worst one. Yeah, and it seemed, um, you know, in the past, it seems like they kind of, they don't tame the tracks down for A1, but they kind of keep the big rhythm sections out there, or out of it, and stuff like that, but this year, A1 seemed pretty tricky. Yeah, that uh, the big double-double was the, the new one. I haven't done a, a section like that before, mm-hmm. but uh, pretty straightforward. Um, I mean, it minus the rhythm, which made the track a little bit easier, in my opinion, but... Uh, yeah, it was a little bit beefy, especially the the quad quad. I seen uh, Dean Wilson was doing it every lap in the main, which was mental. Yeah. But uh, yeah, after the rain, that was not doable for most people. But uh, yeah, the, the the jumps are pretty big. I gotcha. Yeah, that that double double, that first one looked longer than just a, you know the standard supercross triple. I couldn't believe some of those guys were even hitting it. Um, like Cooper Webb was hitting it at the end of the main event in the 450s. That was that was nuts. Yeah, that jump was definitely wide open on the 250. Um, so, I don't know if most people know this, but you're from Zambia. Uh, does it rain a lot out there? Have you had a lot of experience in the mud? Um, well, I was born in South Africa, and then okay. uh, I left South Africa when I was three years old to Zambia, and that's where I've pretty much grown up my whole life. Um, it doesn't it doesn't rain a lot, no. I mean, in the raining season, it rains. It rains a lot, but in the summer, it's, you know, it's dry like California, but okay. I haven't had much practice in the rain. No, I'm not, I'm not too good in the mud. 
right. Um, I don't know this, but uh, where is Zambia in Africa? Is that central or is it kind of near South Africa? Uh, Zambia is pretty close to South Africa. There's uh, one country in between us, uh, Zimbabwe and kind of Botswana. Okay. But uh, it, it would be about from California to Texas away. That's okay. like from South Africa to Zambia. Okay. So not too, too far, um, but not, no. not exactly right next to each other. I gotcha. Um, how, mm. I'm curious, how's the motocross scene out there? In Zambia, the, the, uh, the motocross scene was very dead when I left. Mm -hmm. When, uh, that was back in about 2014, when I left, it was, it was dying. There was about 20 riders, 20 odd riders oh, wow. that are racing. So, yeah, I mean, like, when I was younger, I used to race 65, 85s, and the 125s in the same day, you know, like mm -hmm. three different classes because there was literally no one. Um, but now now it's growing. The, the enduro scene's growing a lot. Okay. Not so much the, the motocross scene, but the, enduro, the enduros are growing. Yeah, because, you know, you hear a lot about fast South African guys, you know. Um, you got, like, Grant Langston, Greg Albertine, and even just on a local level here in – the United States in my local series back down in Florida, we had quite a bit of South Africans, um, but you never really hear about any of the other um, African countries. So I find that very interesting. Um, you know, going back to present or right now, uh, you're on Yamahas. We've seen you on Hondas and Kawasaki's in the past. Uh, what's your program looking like this year? Uh, this year I'm on the Yamaha because uh, I rode all of the, the 2019 models and I felt the Yamaha was the, uh, the strongest bike mm -hmm. I felt on my Kawasaki I was I was lacking in the in the bottom end like the like that roar that comes out the engine coming out of the turns to get that pop um, the Yamaha is really strong at the bottom and I love the handling on it um, I think the Yamaha is the best bike 2019 so that's why I chose that bike but yeah I rode uh, I rode Hondas in the outdoors because I wanted to race the 450s and I didn't like the uh, Cowie 450 so much. And okay. when I first moved over to uh, America, I was on the Hondas. And, you know, Honda's kind of a home for me. But, yeah, that's why I went with Honda. Yeah, the, you know, talking about that YZ250F, they're, they've pretty much won every single shootout since what I've been seeing. And they've really built a great bike. So, you know, coming from a privateer effort, uh, I guess it is probably the best base. Yeah, that that bike's awesome. I mean, you, you even have the app on your phone. You could tune mm -hmm. it to how you want it. And, like, yeah, everything was great on it. You know, like, stock wheels on the bike last forever on the on okay. the Yamaha. And the bike, the graphics that come stock. And, I mean, my bike's still stock-looking. It looks great. Yeah. Um. And, that, yeah, the engine on it's phenomenal. And it's not so hard to make it a fast race bike. So it's, it's, an, it's ideal for privateers. Uh, and, uh, you know, without giving away uh, all your secrets, uh, Bradley, what's, uh, what's your program looking like during the week? Just hitting like milestone and tracks like that? Uh, yeah, before the season started, we were riding four days a week. Um, right now I've only ridden milestone and Lake Elsinore. I haven't had a chance to hit pilot yet, but I would mostly just ride Monday, Tuesday, and then Thursday, Friday. But now that we're in the season, I only ride, uh, two to three times a week and, Pretty much hit a mountain bike and a road bike during the week uh, and two gym sessions at Icon Sports. And other than that, it's just stressing about bikes, bikes being ready, you know, house yeah. sports, yeah. 
trying to be an adult. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I get that. Um, definitely, you know, the privateer life definitely makes it tougher too, you know, just being on the road and all that. Uh, you talked yeah. about moving back here or back here, moving, moving to the States uh, in 2014. Did you come over by yourself just to pursue this motocross dream or did your family come with you? Um, my family came with me for uh, the first two weeks. Okay. And then they went back home. I stayed uh, by myself. But I wasn't really by myself because mm-hmm. I moved into a house with other kids from uh, different countries that were okay. right here under Cham Factory with Sebastian Totelli. Okay. Uh, I wasn't I wasn't by myself, but it was a big step in growing up. You know, like my own. I was mm-hmm. 15 years old, with like my own bank account. Like I had to go buy my own parts and, you know, try to get a driver's license by myself and social security number. So, it was kind of it was it was hard when I first got here. But I love America. I got it down real quick and pretty much American now. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's a huge you know huge step man i couldn't i'm i'm 25 i just moved from florida to north carolina and it's really weird you know i couldn't imagine moving halfway across the world so hey but you know trying you, you know you're making that dream happen and you're now you're making look at that you know you're making mains it's all worth it huh yeah no it's, i wouldn't trade it for anything this is this is literally the dream come true i remember sitting in class back in zambia just just thinking about like what it would be like to be in in America and ride on a supergrass track, so it's pretty cool. So uh, you said 15. Uh, did you ride, you know, a lot of amateur races over here, or did you kind of turn pro right at 16 and you know get the go right, right then? I, uh, I actually started out in the C class when I got here. Oh, wow. I was honestly, I wasn't, I wasn't really good. I was, I was a fast C class rider when I first got here, and uh, I did my first year in C, and then I went up to B, went up to Loretta's and stuff. And then progressed to uh, uh, A class in 16, I believe. And then just at the start of the 16th season, I uh, blew my ACL out. And uh, I had to recover for about six months. And then uh, I just went straight into Supercross after that. I just kind of skipped the A year. Okay. Just decided to go straight into it. Did you, uh, did you have to do those uh, road to Supercross arena cross races? Or were you, you just uh, missed that year before that? Um, I, I wouldn't have to because of, uh, of me being FIM, I could have skipped it, but but just for the experience, I did it. I got my points and just to get the experience, get the feel of being indoors and stuff. I gotcha. Yeah. It's definitely a, you know, good practice, uh, for Supercross. Uh, you talked about riding 450s last year outdoors. I saw you had a, you know, you, what's that? I'm looking at the results here. Uh, you got five nationals under your belt, scored some points. How'd your outdoor season go as a whole? Were you happy with it? Um, honestly, no, I wasn't happy with it. I, um, I started out not too bad. Uh, when I got to Red Bud, I crashed literally on the second lap of practice. I was out front in practice and, uh, the track was really deep and I tucked the front end and went over the bars and landed on the fire truck lane and broke my collarbone. Oh, wow. So I kind of, that's why I missed most of the middle of the season, but, uh, I, I was hoping to score a lot more points. I, I didn't get good starts. My confidence wasn't really up. Mm-hmm. I uh, I was always starting, you know, in the 38th place and trying to catch up to, like, 20th, you know. So it was hard. But, yeah, no, I'm not happy with it, but I'll make it make it better this year. Yeah, it's just, uh, you know, something to build off. Uh, and I actually saw you at – you raced the motocross destinations at, at Redbud again in October. I was there. Uh, how was that experience? That must have been really cool, huh? 
that was an amazing experience but man that track was gnarly that was that was the gnarliest thing i've ever done that that track was really scary it was huge <laughs> yeah it it looked more like southwick than redbud um you said you know you got their do qualifying at redbud this year how much different was it from the national to destinations that that's i don't uh it's hard to say because like it's so different. I don't know how the, the GP guys prepare the track. I don't know who mm -hmm. prepared the track, but it kind of changes. You know, they add like a wall on the inside on corners and it's like, it's wider. It's got like a different flow to it. It's kind of, they make a Euro and it's, it's, it's kind of strange. I can't explain, but it like, I've talked to other people and they feel it too. I, I, it's something, I don't know, but it just kind of changes the feel of the track. Yeah. It seemed, it seemed really like Sandy. Um, yeah, I don't know if just because all the rain it washed all the dirt into the track off the banks. I don't know. It was, it was definitely odd. Um, I'll tell you what though, it was hard just walking around that place. The track was really yeah. good compared to what the pits looked like. Yeah, yeah, but you know when they when they fill it in like that, make it look pretty. You know what's underneath there? It's it's mm -hmm. deep. It's there was a lot of spots that called people out, and uh, yeah, it was a little bit sketchy, but it was so much fun with the fans. It was incredible i've never seen so many people together yeah it was you know so I, I got there saturday morning and there was a lot of people there just for the qualifying on saturday and then dude sunday i've i've never seen that many people in like one place at a motocross track it was just the atmosphere and the culture and all that it was once a lifetime experience for sure definitely need to keep an eye out for the irish those guys are crazy oh, i remember that they were all dancing around and the guys in the eagle in the eagle mass were sliding down the mud that was <laughs> those guys were nuts so it was pretty that awesome was um so talking more about this year what are your goals for you know the rest of the year uh i know last year you made two mains and you know you've already got one you're one for one right now so you gotta set that bar pretty high huh uh yeah the goal for this year is just to keep getting in through the to the mains um i would definitely not like to go to the lcq like the start, I just I need to work on my starts on the heat races because like this last weekend I was literally in a second to last and caught up to eleventh. It's like I need to start up there so I could finish up there, you know. So I'm gonna work on that. But my goals would be to get into every single main and try be, you know, top fifteen, like the mm -hmm. ten to fifteen mark and get some recognition. Yeah, definitely. I think um you know, for a privateer, that that's definitely the goal. It's it's always cool, you know, seeing you got all the two-digit two guys, and then when the, the three-digit guys mix it up there, it's uh, definitely helps you guys stand out. And that that highlighter green gear you were wearing, that FXR stuff, uh, you like that? Yeah, no, that stuff is sick. I love the flow of that. And uh, you I, you could definitely see me on the track. My mechanic loves that. My mechanic thanks uh, FXR <laughs> for yeah. that. Um but yeah, that gear was really cool. A lot of people were wearing it, and you could definitely see that the FXR boys are stepping it up this year. Um, when uh, when the series heads east, are you gonna stay out in California um, and just train during during that break, or are you gonna try and go and follow the East Coast stuff on your 250F and just like uh, you know Starling did that last year, I think, and just you know keep racing under your belt. Yeah, yeah, I believe I believe after San Diego, the three week break until the uh, East West at Atlanta. Okay. And I would love, I think I have a, a good chance of getting my bike taken out there with the Rockwell team, the Rockwell Yamaha mm -hmm. team, and be able to fly out there and race that one. And uh, hopefully hit 
uh, Daytona on the way back and try it the 450 class and get. I've never ridden that track before. It looks really fun and just to check it off the list, you know. Yeah, uh, I'm from Florida, so we do, we do Daytona every year. Uh, you got to come and do that, man. It's it's just it's so different than all the other rounds. It's like a it's just cool to mix it up. I feel like. Yeah, definitely want to try and get out there this year. Um, you know, you talked about FXR. Uh, who el- who else is helping you out this year? Uh, right now, uh, I have FXR who's helped me out a lot. Arai Helmet, those guys are like, dude, they're incredible. They send me whatever I need. They're amazing. TCX Boots, the same. They're they're awesome. Um, 100 Designs. It's a new graphic company started up out here. It's uh, actually a buddy of my trainer, and uh, he made my bike look amazing. If you guys go on Instagram, see my uh, bike. It looks awesome. Uh, Temecula Motorsports. They've always helped me out. Um, MXU, which is the training school that I train with, BJ Burns, he he helps me out every single day of my life. I think he's done more than anyone. <laughs> um, and yeah, that I think that's pretty much it. Um, awesome, man. Well, hey, one last thing. I meant to ask this earlier. Uh, how did you get into the sport? Um, you talked about in Zambia, it wasn't that huge. How did you uh, first get riding? Well, I have uh, three elder brothers. Okay. Uh, the eldest one is eight years older than me, and then the uh, the third one is uh, six years. So they're they're all really a lot older than me. And uh, when I was born, they were riding dirt bikes, and you know, three four years old, they were like, "Hey, let's put Brad on the bike. Let's put Brad on the bike." Mm-hmm. And then, and then ever since I got on the bike, I was trying to chase them down. So it helped me out a lot. I got you. Well, that's that's awesome to hear, man. And uh, I think I'll be at Atlanta. I'll be Daytona for sure. So I, I hope to, you know, see you at one of these rounds and come by and say hi. Awesome. It'll be great to run into you. All right. You have a good night, man. Awesome. Thank you very much. See Straight caught up in the game. Am I right or am I wrong? Straight caught up in the game. I'm confused, will I win? Will 